Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Everybody knows we are dealing with high gas prices. So who actually is to blame? Is it Vladimir Putin? Is it the pandemic? Is it the evil oil companies? Today, President Biden was an equal opportunity offender. He called them all out. Is he right or do we need to think again? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Uh, Yes, the president did announce a significant shift in policy and a major release of oil from the Strategic Oil Reserve. We're going to go through all of this. Uh, I applaud the president for making the decision and moving it forward. That comes at a political cost to him with his own base. Uh, And that's a that's a good thing. Uh, There were several things he mentioned in laying it out that I disagree with. We'll talk about those as well. Uh, But I think this is an important component in terms of trying to ease that pressure just a little bit. Uh, But how we get there, but more importantly, what do we do next uh, is the real key to me. And pointing fingers and placing blame is not going to lead us towards energy independence again uh, and uh, moving us towards a greener and better planet. So President Biden began by announcing that he would release it's a record amount of oil from the U.S. Strategic Oil Reserve. Today, I'm authorized the release of one million barrels per day for the next six months, over 180 million barrels for the strategic from the from the strategic petroleum reserve. This is a wartime bridge to increase oil supply until production ramps up later this year. And it is by far the largest release of our our national reserve in our history. President Biden said that the root of high gas prices actually began with the pandemic. The problem we're facing with gas prices has two roots. First, the pandemic. When COVID struck, demand for oil plummeted. So production slowed down worldwide. Because of the strength and the speed of our recovery, demand for oil shot back up much faster than the supply. That's why the cost of gas began to rise last year. The president went on to say that uh, the second cause, so the, the pandemic being one, and then, of course, the second was Putin. So you have your two Ps here, pandemic and Putin. The second route is Vladimir Putin. The start of this year, gas was about $3.30 a gallon. Today, it's about averaging 420, 422 is higher in many states. Nearly a dollar more in less than three months. The reason for that 
is because of Putin's war. And now many people are no longer buying Russian oil around the world. I banned the Russian import of oil here in America. Republicans and Democrats in Congress called for it and supported it. It was the right thing to do. Now Putin's price hike is hitting Americans at the pump. So the president uh, took those two components first. Uh, then just to make sure he covered all the bases, uh, he then uh, placed blame on oil companies, saying they had a choice uh, between what they're doing and exploiting customers or producing more oil in the good of the country. For U.S. oil companies that are recording their largest profits in years, they have a choice. One, they can put those profits to productive use by producing more oils, restarting idle wells, or producing on the sites they already are leasing. Giving the American people a break by passing some of the savings on to their customers and lowering the price of the pump. Or they can, as some of them are doing, exploit the situation, sit back, ship those profits to the investors, and while American families struggle to make ends meet. All right, so there's clearly a, a messaging strategy to go along with the policy strategy. And repeatedly throughout the course of the press conference, the uh, president referred to uh, Putin's war and Putin's price hike. Uh, that was clearly part of it uh, to, to tag all of these, the pain that Americans are feeling at the pump to Vladimir Putin. Uh, that seems like a good, easy target. And, of course, uh, another one standing right by is you can always blame it on big, bad oil companies. Uh, and while both of those entities, Putin and the Kremlin and oil companies, play part in all of that, uh, these prices were already skyrocketing uh, over the course of the last year. Pandemic, a portion that built up demand. OK, uh, the thing that I dislike about the president's approach to all of this is that I don't think it's it's an authentic and, and honest conversation with the American people. And the American people are are not interested in pointing fingers and placing blame. I think they buy into the Henry Ford model of don't find fault, find me a solution. Now, I thought the president did a good job of laying out the solution uh, in terms of releasing that strategic oil and uh, also challenging oil companies to step up and do that. That's great. Uh, he, he mentioned the use it or lose it policy, uh, which uh, I'm not going to play that portion of the president uh, just because he, he went on for a little bit on that. Uh, but that's a, a real loaded one that uh, cannot be done in a nuance or a soundbite. Uh, there, are, there are, of course, uh, gas and oil leases out there that haven't been acted upon, uh, but for a lot of different reasons. It's not just oil companies sitting on it. Uh, often it has to do with the ability to get through uh, environmental protection laws and uh, a host of red tape uh, and to the point where you have to question whether it will be productive or profitable uh, to, to get it out of the ground. Uh, and so that's that's much more of a nuanced and deeper conversation that uh, we'll get to on another day, uh, because you, you you can't just turn and shrug your shoulders and say it's not my fault. Uh, you're the you're the president. Buck stops on your desk every day. That's the job. That's what you signed up for. And so you have to lean into that, and you have to recognize what is going on and what is not going on. And then you also have to factor it in just a little bit broader. Uh, you may remember uh, a couple of weeks ago we had Dr. Thomas uh, Heineck on the show, uh, used to sit on the Federal Reserve Board. And, you know, he rightly predicted years ago uh, where what we would be experiencing right now. 
And when he sat down with us on Inside Sources earlier this month, he talked about the president's plan to counter Vladimir Putin with some economic sanctions. He supported the president's action, but he disagreed with the president's assessment at the time that the average person wouldn't feel any of the fakes. Take a listen to this. You're sacrificing war, uh, and that's what we have chosen to do, and, and I think rightfully so, but it is war. And when we, when we try and think of it as something else, I think we are less willing to pay the price or, or make the sacrifice to win that war. And we're not trying to stick it to our people, but there is a cost. There is a cost to war, and uh, we are paying it with these higher prices, higher inflation. And, you know, the inflation numbers that came out today are really not a reflection of the war yet. That will come out in a month or so, uh, and we'll see prices, I think, much higher again. So that was uh, Dr. Heinig on our show a couple of weeks ago. He predicted this one spot on. And the president today uh, had to factor that in and say, yes, we are all going to feel this just a little bit. And it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while before uh, we get the easing on all of that. Uh, and so, again, I, I applaud the president on the policy. Uh, not so thrilled with the blame game, finger pointing, shoulder shrugging politics of it. I think we can do better than that. And I think the American people would appreciate and respect more for the president just to lay it out and say, here's where we are. Here's where we need to go. And here's what we're going to have to do to get there. Here's what you need to do individually. Here's what we need companies to do. Here's what we need the government to do different and do better. And then we can get to the right solution. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.